Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's special edition of the session was actually recorded about a month ago, but things are still a little crazy around here at the Hop Grenade and the Brewing Network, so I'm just getting around to posting this for you. But we got a chance to speak with Gary Glass, the director of the American Homebrewers Association, and he talks to us about HomebrewCon online this year, since all major events on the planet were canceled. Uh, So he talks to us about doing that, which you can still do this weekend, as a matter of fact. Just go to homebrewcon.org and check it out. And we also get to speak with Brian Cooper and Oleg Spierko, who were both running for regional rep positions at the BJCP. Enjoy the program, and thanks for sticking with us. We keep trying to get back on a regular schedule here at the Brewing Network, and I'm hoping to get to do that soon. Uh, But for now, we're still a little erratic, so I appreciate your patience and for you hanging out with us. All right, now to the show. Hi, guys. Uh, Welcome to the show. We're here for another live session that I bumbled the beginning, and uh, we are joined by my friend and today co-host, Jamil Zanishev from Heretic Brewing Company. Welcome back, Jamil. Hey, glad to be here. And we've also got Gary Glass from the American Homebrewers Association on with us from uh, live from Colorado. Hi, Gary. Yeah, yeah, great to be joining you. Very nice to see you again. Um, broadcasting from home, I assume. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Gotten to know my house better than I ever have. <laughs> <laughs> like all of us, right? <laughs> and uh, Jamil, looks like you're probably at the brewery, so you're still working a bit. I'm at the brewery. Yeah. And and Gary, if I had to guess, you're probably working more than ever. You're just working from home right now. That would be a good guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working from home and working a lot. <laughs> That's been my experience so far, too. I have not been able to relate to this board at home uh, scenario yet. Um, and I'm not complaining about that. Uh, it just seems that there's a, a lot to do to uh, not only make up for what's happening and, and, and sort of some of the inefficiencies by not being in the normal routine, but just a lot to do. And, and one of those things we're here to talk about today, because you guys have had to completely rearrange uh, homebrew con around this. Right. Yeah. I mean, bringing 3000 people together in, in uh, Nashville just wasn't going to work out this year. Yeah. Um, so uh, thankfully, like if, if there was ever a time for, for uh, coronavirus to sweep through the, the world, um, now we have things like Crowdcast and Zoom and yeah. WebEx and all these things. So we, we were able to, to pivot and, um, and provide some of what, uh, what people would experience with HomebrewCon. Uh, just in a more virtual experience. So I'm super glad that you bring that up to just about uh, that we're sort of lucky uh, or fortuitous that this technology exists now. In one of my other interviews, I was kind of saying that, that, you know, even 10 years ago, 
I wouldn't have been able to build an online store overnight like I did here at the Hop Grenade. You know, it would, I would have had to hire, a, well, Jamil or another programmer to come do it. And yeah, now all of these things are, are so easy, right, Jay-Z? It didn't used to be this way. Oh. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things you're saying is the reason we're all so busy is because we've had to shift our businesses and we've had to you know, reinvent ourselves overnight. And yes, uh, you know, there's more and more software and opportunities to make these things happen. But mm. it's uh, it's been a challenge. But yeah, yeah, 10 years ago, no way we could have done this. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make the tasks easier per se or, or, or you know, easier to, to transition like that. But at least it's possible, right, with the technology now. So, um, well, and Gary, before we talk about HomebrewCon, because I'm, I'm very interested in how this is going to change, um, I wanted to first talk about homebrewing with you in, in general. Um, in my limited discussion with homebrewers and homebrew shops right now, uh, I'm, I'm getting the sense, and I, you could even guess this was happening, that there's a, a bit of a surge in homebrewing right now. Uh, I would think because people are at home and they kind of have some time to do it again. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing. we in the homebrew shop owners that I've talked to, uh, most of whom are, are seeing, uh, experiencing increasing business. Um, certainly the online retailers are, are doing quite well. Mm. Um, the, the brick and mortar stores, it's more of a mixed bag. You know, and they're, uh, something like we, we did a quick poll of uh of shops and 77 percent of the respondents said that they were do, had shifted to curbside pickup and and for some of them that, that that's working out well um they've got their existing customers are brewing more often i know i've spent more money at my local homer shop in the last two months mm-hmm. probably any two-month period ever in my life uh and but not all the store i mean not being able to allow people into their stores uh for some of those some of those businesses is, uh, is, has, has not worked out that well. And so they're, they're seeing business being down. Mm-hmm. Um, some stores near you, I know the beverage people actually got shut down by, uh, by the local, really? local officials. Uh, for, for what, do you know? Just that they weren't considered essential? Yeah, I guess the, the, the local government kind of did not consider them essential, even though um, by state standards, uh, most of the most of the shops in the state are open, and most stores actually do have a grocer's license because hmm. they're selling food like products. Food product, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what county that was in by chance? Sonoma. Sonoma. Yeah, there's a cut. So we do have uh, the Bay Area counties have pretty much stuck together, but there are some outliers like that. And when I was talking to the guys at More Beer, by the way, thank you, More Beer, for bringing us this show and, and every show that we do. Um, they were saying that that the owners w- kept asking, aren't we supposed to be closed? Aren't we? They didn't want to be, but they were trying to make sure they were following the law. And they kept getting told over and over, no, you're you're essential. You're absolutely essential. That's here in Contra Costa. I think they're still Contra Costa County. Um Anyhow, well, it's it's the same thing for us making beer. You know, we're like, well, should we be closed? It's like, no, no, no. You're, you know, you're considered a food product. And, you know, to come to think about it, when people go in and pick up their 10 cases of toilet paper, you know, maybe they want to pick up a case of beer at the same time and, you know, drown their misery or whatever. You know, some normalcy to their lives. Absolutely. So I I guess my understanding, I wasn't in California at the time of the initial shutdown, but even breweries were shut down initially, but then very quickly got deemed essential was, was what I thought happened. Jamil, was that your experience or did you never 
shut down. No, we never shut down. It was um, the, the ones that got shut down were the ones with just a tap room and they had no way of selling it. If, if you, I see. you know, what we were producing was beer to go to like grocery stores. That's we were still producing. Um, and then we were able to do to go sales out of our tap room. Okay. Uh, but if you didn't have a restaurant license, if you, if you didn't have a full kitchen, you couldn't even do the to go for a lot of people. I see. Okay. Yeah. What a strange, strange. Yeah. And then it's just different everywhere. How about in Colorado, Gary? Were homebrew shops uh, allowed to stay open there? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the homer, most of the homebrew shops here have stayed open. If they if they closed, it was by choice. But uh, most of the stores have stayed open, and I, I think the most of the stores that I, I'm familiar with are, are doing fairly good business. Um, I know my local store in Longmont. Uh, they they said March was their biggest month in five years. So, wow. um, I, I think the but but again, it is it is kind of hit and hit and miss. Um, you know, when I, you know we have a, an industry subcommittee on the AHA governing committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and talking to the, the the major distributors for for the homebrew supply shops, they they said that the majority of their the stores they supply were were seeing increases in sales. Okay, and I think it's a it's a combination of things. You know, you've got existing homebrewers who are you know, stuck at home. I've, I've by the way, I've never been so glad to be a homebrewer in my entire life. <laughs> I, I've got something to do on the weekends. It's yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I, like I said, I've never brewed so much in my life. But they, they said they indicated that most of the most of the stores they service are are seeing increases in business, and it's you know their existing customers are brewing more often. Um, a lot of a lot of former homebrewers who haven't been brewing in a long time starting up again mm-hmm. uh and then you know thankfully we're also seeing some some new homers get into uh into the hobby uh i'll tell you I, on the i've never seen so much media attention for for homebrewing as we've seen really over the past couple of months yeah um i, I i've been i've been doing more media interviews than i probably did in the all of that last year and in fact the our our the impressions that we got from the the media coverage that came through the aha uh we had some, I think it was, oh, I've got it right there, 439 million uh, impressions. That's 50 million more than we got in all of 2019. Wow. Just in the month of April. That's awesome, though. I yeah. love this. So I, I, yeah, so it's, it's great. And I, I mean, I think that's one of, the, one of the important factors about having an organization like the American Home Brewers Association. We can be a clearinghouse for those, you know, those media inquiries. There's some place to go, and we can push that, those messages out there. And in a time like this, we can be, we can be encouraging people through the media to to get into homebrew. Yeah, and that's that's good for homebrew shops. That's good for homebrew clubs, and and that's good for the AHA. And it and it makes sense because the news, honestly, is they're they're looking for something else to talk about, some silver lining, some even in my brewer interviews, I try to do that, not just focus on what went wrong, but but focus on what could be going right. Um, so we just need to talk, you know, about other things also. So that is, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. My, now, my first, my, uh, can I, yeah, yeah. My, my first interview, uh, the COVID related, uh, uh, interview was actually with, a, um, a fantasy sports talk show on Sirius XM. Nice. They, they didn't have sports to talk about. So, <laughs> of course. What, yeah. What can we talk about? Like, man. Beer, so yeah. They, they looked us up, found me, and that's hilarious. <laughs> I love this. Um, so you know, I did a, 
a talk with a homebrew club earlier this week. They asked me to, when I was supposed to be traveling on the road, I was going to come do it in person, but they've taken their homebrew club meetings to Zoom. By the way, homebrew clubs out there. It was super fun to be involved in a club meeting like that, and they were all participating. Jamil, I know you've done some of those recently. Yep. Um, it's a load of fun. Yeah, great. With their, so they're still having their monthly meetings, which I thought was cool. Um, and then, you know, I was kind of talking about what we're discussing now and, and, and this feeling that I had that homebrewing was on the rise. And I went a little further to say that I think the trend is going to stick around afterward, too. Uh, for a few reasons, um, kind of reigniting the passion of brewers who maybe hadn't brewed in a while. Like you said, some of those are the customers coming back. Um, but I think that some of the results in a, in a broad sense of this happening are are kind of back to a little more self-reliance. You know, as we kind of see some of the supply chains break down a little bit, I feel like that DIY mentality is amplified in us. And and that's what I think is also going to help carry homebrewing, you know, to another to another level. I think it's going to continue after this because that feeling of wanting to do things for ourselves uh, it will will kind of linger on. You know, it's my impression. Well, it's making people realize that the zombie apocalypse may happen, <laughs> and you may need to have your brewing skills all honed to stay alive. So exactly, yeah, there you go. Exactly, um, like. You know, Gary, how many how many batches of brew would you say you've done during this time? Uh, like six or seven. <laughs> See, that's a lot. <laughs> two weeks? Or not, not two weeks, like last two months? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you were always an avid home brewer, uh, so exception to the rule here, maybe, but yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, but I, also, I travel a lot, so I, mm. I don't always have those opportunities to be brewing as much as I'd like to. And so, you know, I, it is one of those you know, kind of side benefits of like, I don't know how many trips I've canceled in the past couple of, couple of months. I, yeah. I would have been in San Antonio for Crappers conference for a week. And sure. Uh, you know, so, um, that's, that's definitely impacted my ability to, to brew, but yeah, I've, I've tried out new styles that I haven't brewed before. I've, I've, I've tried a lot of new things and it's, it's kind of, you know, gotten me excited about it. And so I, I don't see me, dropping off i mean yeah maybe when i can can get out and visit my local breweries i might not be brewing quite as much but right uh, i i i think i'll probably be brewing more uh than than i would have been otherwise yeah i think you need to spend some of this time inventing a brew kit that you can take with you in your luggage and brew in your hotel room <laughs> yeah so you're always making beer we we did a story in Zymergy years ago about um, making beer with a coffee maker. Oh, like great. a hotel room coffee maker. Right. Yeah. Nice. And then just fermenting in the tub like you're in prison. <laughs> in a toilet. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Whatever. You got to hide it from the maid. So uh, <laughs> you, you do it in a bag and you snake it down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's done. Uh, uh, Gary, your favorite beer that you've brewed? Uh, during this time? Uh, you know, I think the coolest thing I, I did was I... Um, the recipe uh, from Brewing Classic Styles, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, the recipe was from Brewing Classic Styles. No, no, no joke. Wow. Uh, I, did, I did the, uh, the Irish Stout recipe, uh, which isn't like a particular favorite of mine, but um, mm. you know, I, whenever I do, I do something that I haven't done before or I haven't, uh, haven't done in a long time, I, I use Brewing Classic Styles because... 
I mean, honestly, those recipes you can't go wrong with. Takes out the variables just just for the recipe part, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I, I use that book a lot. But I, I brewed a uh, this Irish stout. Um, um, as you guys probably know, my my wife works for Lollaman, uh, so I I have a refrigerator dedicated to yeast that nice. I can use it anytime I want. Yeah. Uh, they have a new uh, Kvike strain, uh, the, the Lollaman Boss. Uh, use that as kind of an experiment to uh, see if I could go from grain to glass in a week. Okay, yeah. And I did. And? and 98 degrees, less oh. than 48 hours of fermentation, <laughs> crash-cooled it. Wow. Uh, I could have gotten it. I actually could have gotten it into a keg and carbonated it in less time, but wow. I, you know, I, don't, I don't have that much time during the week. So. And you were happy with how it, how it came out, the fermentation it, profile? It came out really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah very clean. It's got, a, it's got a unique uh, ester to it. It's got a lemony, like almost like a lemon balm ester, but, but it's subtle. And uh, uh, yeah, it came out, came out really good. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Jamil, I know we have it on your list whenever we have time to get to it. Brew Strong at some point has to do a full Kvike show, don't we? I'm sorry? A full what? <laughs> Kvike yeast show. Oh, Kvike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to wait, wait for Jamil to find time to use it himself. Have you used it in the brewery yet, Jamil? Uh, we have. Uh, you know, I think a couple of years ago, uh, Tasty had brought back some uh, samples from Norway. Oh yeah, he was there, and he turned them over to us, and we grew them up in the lab, and we did some flavor profiling, and uh, uh, you know, did some data on them, and then uh, we determined which ones we liked, and then we did a collab with Hidden Mother Brewing. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, we uh, and we used it there and had a lot of fun with it. Nice, uh, it's it's interesting strains. Um, I don't I don't like all of them, um, but of the ones that we tried, you know, I, I definitely like two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found the resulting beers hit or miss myself too. Had some great ones uh, that I wouldn't even have known. It was a different yeast or a different fermentation. And then others that I thought, wow, this tastes like it was fermented a little bit warm, you know, so gotta have good yeast, right? Lalamon yep. apparently. Um, okay. Well, I want to find out about homebrew con, um, mostly because I, I need something, homebrew con related to get me excited again because i can't tell you how excited i was to go to nashville <laughs> I was, oh, me too i had a whole road trip yeah. from houston to nashville with uh five friends and we were gonna hit a bunch of breweries it was a whole big thing Ah, oh, so fired up i was gonna go to music at night and you know the food and then i just i love it when i, I always enjoy homebrew con i haven't missed one since we started the brewing network 15 years ago um but I like them even more when they're in such a cool city. Like, you know, every city's different. Um, I really loved Grand Rapids. I didn't think that would be on my top list. It totally is. Oh, just, yeah. Sometimes you're surprised. Um, okay, but Nashville was going to be no surprise. So I was just fired up about that. Um, so what have you done? Or maybe, Gary, what happened? At what point did you guys have to say, hey, this is not going to happen? Well, I mean, we were, we were certainly monitoring the situation with the with the local government uh and um you know it was we had kind of determined that it probably wasn't going to happen a while back because i mean really i got to the point where i was like i just don't feel comfortable not only putting putting our our members at potential risk but you know am i really going to ask my staff to to do this right Uh, so um you know we and, and then we had you know 
the the local government was was reluctant to to say that uh, that events of our size were absolutely banned. So trying to work with the hotel, the um, and then and they did come around and like finally to the point even before the government said no way. Yeah. Uh, that that yeah. This this isn't this isn't a good idea. Right. And it probably probably won't even be legal at the time that that they were going to host it. Um, and so, I guess I ask it that way because to me it doesn't seem like that long ago that we were still even thinking, oh, June, it's June, it's way down there. We're going to get through this thing. You know, it does, that doesn't seem that far ago. Whereas now it seems obvious we're not doing anything in June or July or, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, for a long time. And it was it was super stressful because we were thinking, all right, well, we want to do it. But yeah. is it is it the right thing to do? Um so, yeah. you know, and it was, it was, it was a strange kind of a cathartic moment when we finally got to an agreement with the, with the hotel, uh, to cancel it and like feeling a sense of relief, which seemed very strange to be relieved to be canceling our, yeah, our event. But I understand. Uh, but, but by that point, we did know that we were going to be, be able to do an online, uh, uh version of HomebrewCon. So, so there was there was that aspect of it. Like, okay, we can finally move in this direction that we've, we've been thinking we were going to have to go anyway. So, yeah. um, it, it was, it, it was very strange, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like I was so excited about Nashville. We've, I, we, we've had the Brewers Association had crafters conference there mm-hmm. a while back. And I've, I've been there a number of times and, um, I love that city and I'm, I'm super hopeful that we will be able to do it in, uh, in Nashville again at some time, point in the future. Great. Um, but, but also really grateful that it's, it's not having to cancel the live event is not the end, um, yeah. of HomebrewCon for 2020 that we, we do have this opportunity to do HomebrewCon online. Um, so I, I'm very excited that we have something to, that we can offer to our, to our members that is, uh, it's HomebrewCon esque. Yes. Okay. So I want to talk about that, but I do just want to touch on on, on the one thing you said because one thing I've been trying to do with these with these shows is to relate to to people and how they've how we're kind of in this together. And I just want to comment on you saying that that kind of feeling of relief and and how that does seem awkward to say or almost wrong to say. But there's so many points during this where the the amount of unknowns is so great that that's the real anxiety and it's the real like discomfort sometimes that sometimes the fear of all the different unknowns is much greater than the fear of the virus itself. And so just getting some of those questions answered is, is, is a relief. So knowing that you could move down a path instead of thinking of the 10 different paths you guys might have to go like to finally have a path. I'm experiencing that now with, as they're starting to release what it might look like for my bar to be open in California. You know, they finally gave the guidelines and I've been saying like, I don't care what the guidelines are. I'll, I'll stand on my head and do jumping jacks, but I want to know what they are because I'm the anxiety of, of the unknown. So I just, I really think everybody can probably relate that you even had relief of the, uh, at the cancellation, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you guys, then you had already explored and you decided, okay, we're doing virtual homebrew con. So tell me about this. Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll be doing it over the same day. It's June 18th through the 20th uh, that we had planned for Nashville. Uh, we've got uh, 20 live sessions uh, that we'll be, that we'll be uh, using uh, Crowdcast for. Um, and so, uh, 
able to really, really pick and choose. I mean, we had a stellar lineup of, of, of speakers. We had uh, 68 sessions planned for Omicron. Wow. So we had to narrow that down to 20. So I do have to say that it is a pretty awesome lineup of speakers. And Jamil is one of those speakers. And I know we roped you, Justin, into helping out with it as well. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, and, and we, we got our, our planned keynote, Bailey Spalding from uh, Jack Lowe Brewing Company, uh, female home brewer who started a brewery. Uh, really great story. I'm so excited that she, she's going to be doing the keynote for us. Um, and then we, we are also able to incorporate not just the educational aspects of HomebrewCon, but a lot of the social part as well. So we are doing uh, the happy hours that, that you're going to be involved with. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have some, some homebrew celebrities and some, some craft beer celebrities as well that people will get to hang out and drink beer with. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, we also have uh, the, the, the expo side of things. We're doing a virtual expo. So people will be able to interact with, the, with some of the vendors that we would normally have for, for HomebrewCon. Uh, and then some of those, uh, some of the, the sponsors are going to be doing um, some demonstrations of their of their products and presentations on the on the things that they do. So, um, all right, let uh, me let me try that. to wrap my head around this because I'm I'm picturing it in my head, but at the same time it, I'm confused. But I'm guessing then through this software, you're going to have several virtual rooms that we can choose to enter. So the expo would be like, oh, I can enter this room and speak to these people. Or I can exit that one and enter another one. Is that what we're talking about here? Uh, not exactly. There, there'll be certain time frames for for each vendor. So, like twenty minute slots in which you can uh, go and visit with that that particular um, uh, manufacturer or, or ingredient producer. Uh, so, and then and and there will be there will be an opportunity for people to to actually ask questions and and see their products and, and things like that. So, it's got it. Uh, yeah, but it'll I'm, look I'm then. Still, it'll I'm still not quite entirely sure what it's all going to look like. But we'll also have uh, on on the HomebrewCon website, people will be able to see uh, some of the the products, and they'll be able to Im- embed some videos and things like that. So you can uh, you can get some experience of some of the the uh, the equipment and ingredients that you would you would normally be seeing in the expo at, at HomebrewCon. Got it. So the agenda itself will look a lot like it does when I'm on site. When you guys hand me my my welcome kit and I've got every day and every speaker and the hours of the expo, there it'll look just like that, except I get to do it from home in my underwear. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the downside is that you can't be drinking somebody else's beer, but you know, yeah. the upside is the pajama thing. <laughs> it's a big downside for Justin not to be able to drink somebody else's beer. It really is because I don't homebrew. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to cost me more money, Gary. I got to drink the beer that I'm supposed to be selling here at the Hop Grenade. So, Jamil, I'll be doing some curbside pickup on uh, oh June 17th, it looks like. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> so that I'm ready for this. Um, yeah, and so then I was talking with Catherine Porter there at the Brewers Association, a wonderful human being, in my opinion, um, about, you know, you guys, have, it's really important to you to try to have some of the social aspect, too, um, which I'm so glad. And, of course, you guys are thinking about that. You know what you're doing. and. And Jamil, that's, you know, it's the best part uh, of some of the best parts of HomebrewCon, isn't it? Getting to... For me, that's 
the thing about HobraCon is, uh, you know, interacting with my friends, seeing people that, you know, I've only seen at the conference over the years, but have become such dear friends that we really look forward to seeing each other each year. And, um, I tell you, there's, there's something out to get me and, you know, I've done something wrong and karma has made it so I can't attend the conference anymore. Oh yeah. Cause last year too, last year, my wife ended she, you know, texted me, told me she was in the, uh, in the hospital. Yeah. And I was, I was in, in, uh, 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 you know, I was there at, at the conference. I was in the hotel and, uh, I had to grab a cab to uh, Boston and jump on a plane and get out there. Yeah. I didn't even see you. Uh, by the way, folks at home, Liz Zanishef is fine now, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's doing great. But yeah, you get, so you had to miss because of that. Wow. Do you think Liz started COVID too? She's just trying to keep you out of, uh, it could be, it could be. She was coughing. I think, you know, around December, <laughs> around I remember December. she was coughing. <laughs> Patient uh, zero, maybe. Well be. <laughs> Patient one. Yeah. COVID Mary. <laughs> well, so I, I know that you guys were focused on the social part. So we're doing a couple of happy hours. Um, that I am, uh, uh, I'm so lucky to get to host and we're going to bring in some, uh, homebrewers and, and celebrity homebrewers and brewers. And, um, we're going to show some videos and we're going to just try to have this social aspect, you know, at least for a short period of time, um, so that we can have some, uh, you know, some community and, and some fun with it because what would homebrew con be without some fun, right? So I'm excited. Yeah, it would be absolutely wrong. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're all just staring at each other like on this show. We, we can't do that. We got to have some fun. <laughs> Jamil, what's your talk that you're, that you're giving? Um, <laughs> really? You don't know yet. Do you? Lazy. And so what I do is I convince the uh, HA that uh, they should allow me and uh, some of my friends, uh, you know, John Palmer and uh, Brad Smith, uh, that we could just answer questions from from the audience. And, uh, you know, I think between the three of us, we have a pretty good chance of answering <laughs> You know, 50, 50, 52% of all the questions accurately. <laughs> right. I'm, 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 I'm there. Yeah, yeah. You have been lazy since show number four, Jamil. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Brewing Network got me to be lazy. On yeah. the, on, I think it's part of the know, ethos, the man. The amount of work that went into the 14 years of shows yeah. is now, you know... I, I'm, hey, I'm just following my leader. I, you know, I, your, your work goes down, my work goes down. It's just hundred percent. I agree you with know? this. So, yeah, if I don't have to prepare a presentation, if all I've got to do is respond to questions, yeah, I'm in there. I'm, I'm good to go. Love this. Uh, so that's just one of the panels. You said you, you have something like uh, 26. Is that what you said, Gary? 20, 20 sessions. 20, 20 yeah. sessions. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. And then a couple of happy hours, because uh, I think we're doing uh, uh, two nights worth of, of happy hours. So different guests for that. And I, and I guess we'll probably publish more information about all of this as we have it. But Gary, who, so who's eligible to go? Uh, do, had people already bought tickets and to HomebrewCon? What, what, how does this work? Yeah, yeah. So we, we are... Mm-hmm. We're charging $99 for AHA members, and then uh, we do have a, a, uh, an option for non-members to get a, get the registration uh, and a, a membership at a discounted price. Cool. Uh, so that's uh, $132. Okay, yeah. Uh, 
so so then uh, you you get access to all the all the sessions, all the all the uh, social aspects of it, um, and then I, with the with the service we're using, um, the the sessions will be uh, will be recorded, and they're they're available within minutes after the the, the sessions end. Uh, so anybody who's registered for the for the conference will have access to those throughout the rest of the year, and. Excellent. And 2021, as, as we usually do, we'll make the, those, uh, the recordings available to all members. That's very cool. Uh, probably except for the happy hours, because I charge a very high royalty fee. So you got to tune in live to watch me at the, on the happy hour. Otherwise, forget it. Yeah, Gary. And that's an experience. Watching, <laughs> watching Justin drink. Watch me screw up live happy. with, with important becomes, people like Ken Grossman. or <laughs> That becomes a lot of fun. I can tell you over the, over the years... Uh, yes, definitely. It's, it's, it's worth paying for it. it yeah. The more important the guest, the, the larger the foot in my <laughs> mouth becomes Every, that, that never changes. I, I've been fortunate that you never charged me to sit down and drink a beer with you. <laughs> <laughs> I like you though, Gary. <laughs> um, I charged Jamil the beer. He has to bring the beer. <laughs> yeah, there you so, go. Uh, There's a reason I'm invited. So people can go to, let's see, I had it pulled up on my uh, computer. Just the regular old homebrewcon.org uh, as no, as usual. And you can re- still register there. Um, yeah. Is there a cap like there, like there would have been at a physical location? Uh, I, I think the cap is something like 10,000. Okay, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so homebrew isn't surging that I, much not. right now. Hopefully we sell out next week. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I ask this, you know, and I, and I ask this so that members know and, and maybe homebrewers know if this very important organization, the American Homebrewers Association, needs our, needs our help, needs us to rally behind them. You know, with, with the canceling of events like this, um, are you guys financially okay? Are, is anybody worried? Do we, do we need to do a member drive? Um, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Just, I think homebrewers care. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, actually, it, you know, we had to cancel a national homebrew competition as well as uh, homebrew con, the homebrew the on-site homebrew con in Nashville. Um, yeah, that's a that's a major financial hit for us. Yeah, and you know, not only that, we're we're a division of the Brewers Association. Brewers Association had to cancel Craft Brewers Conference. It's our single biggest revenue generator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, along with the World Beer Cup, Saver. Uh, we just announced uh, today that uh, we're taking Great American Beer Festival. We're, we're going to do the competition, but we're not going to do the in-person festival. Okay. So, I mean, we, we've taken a, a very significant financial hit. And, and actually, uh, we laid off 23% of the Brewers Association staff uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to make it through. Uh, but yeah, it's a very tough time for us. So then, you know, I, I am just a fan. I have worked uh, so closely with the Homebrewers Association really since our very first year. Um, and then very shortly after that, the Brewers Association as well. Both of th- those organizations are so near and dear to my heart. And I know a lot about them. So I feel like uh, I, I'm qualified to say if, if there was ever a time to sign up to be a member, to, to, uh, to renew your membership, and I'm talking to pro brewers as well, home brewers and pro brewers, um, you know, now's the time to do it. The, the Homebrewers Association has just been there for us year in and year out, um, and, and the work that you guys do behind the scenes is so incredibly important for homebrewers. You pro brewers out there, I'm uh, I'm I'm privy to some of the work happening uh, by the Brewers Association, working on legislation, 
um, uh, discussions they're having with politicians on your behalf and uh, talking about relief and how important the industry is. And so, you know, the best way you can support that is to make sure you remain a member um, uh, or become a member. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's from the bottom of my heart, viewers, because uh, the, the Homebrew Association is just such a great uh, organization for homebrewing. Um, and it's really not that expensive and you get so much out of it. So uh, sign up, you know. And uh, and you can get the discount by uh, attending virtual homebrew con, and then a discounted membership that way too. So Jamel, I'm sure you uh, agree. Uh, the Homebrew Association has been so uh, integral in oh, your life and career too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since the beginning, when I started, one of the greatest assets to me learning the brew and uh, you know becoming part of the community was being part of the Brewers Association, the Homebrew, uh, uh, the AHA, and um, you know I I was all in. I like I said uh, earlier, I have every issue of Zymergy and uh, it was an important resource to me. And, um, and then uh, the homebrew conferences and the competition and all that, it really um, exercised me as a home brewer and as, as, and brought me a lot of friendship, people that I hold dear to my heart uh, to this day. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really uh, been a great value to me. Uh, You know, I was part of the governing committee for, I don't know how how many years. I, I guess I I had to I kick you off. I think. Stint, yeah, uh, yeah, nine years, right? Termed you out. termed out, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've uh, uh, you know always uh, gone to the homebrew conference, and you know I, I couldn't think of a more worthy organization for us to support because you know fundamentally, you know uh, what we do as homebrewers, they are they're in there working towards you know making it better, making it you know legal in all fifty states. I Maybe mean, not that they actually did the legislation, but they're supporting the people who are, they're, they're doing a lot of that, that uh, footwork that makes, makes all that possible. So yeah, that's really important to me. And then as a pro brewer, the, uh, the Brewers Association still, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm still there. I'm still, you know, a member of the home brewers uh, association uh, always will be. Yeah. I have a lifetime membership. So that a boy uh, going, go until the day I die. Which, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. might, might be next week. It might be next year, maybe 50 years from now. I may outlive all of you. <laughs> at, at least stick around until June. Right. <laughs> it's 2021, June, 2021. Now our road trip instead of Houston to Nashville is Houston to San Diego. There we go. I like yeah, it. It's all of a sudden double the length of my trip. So yeah, I don't know. Really. Oh, it's twice the number of breweries. <laughs> well, so folks, uh, I don't mind saying this too. Uh, I think there's two great ways you can go sign up for the AHA. One is to get your ticket to Virtual Homebrew Con, and then you'll get a discount. The other way is you can go right to thebrewingnetwork.com and click on the AHA link right on the left side. It'll take you over to the AHA page. Actually helps out the Brewing Network just a little bit, and then you guys get a great membership. It helps out the Brewers Association. You can help out all your favorite uh, uh, brewing organizations in in one shot. Um, so register today at uh, homebrewcon.org. Uh, of course, homebrewersassociation.org is always there as well. Uh, you guys have been putting out some good content lately. I watch what you're doing um, and I get the emails and I, I like what uh, what your team's doing there, Gary. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're very passionate about what we do. And so, um, you know, we 
we want to make sure we're providing uh, as, as much benefit for, for our members as we possibly can. And I appreciate all that you've said about the, the association, but I, I think, you know, it, once people do join, you know, they, they may choose to support for the reasons you guys mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that anybody who does join will, will find the value there. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you don't have to do it for a warm, fuzzy reason. Do it, do yeah. it because it, you're going to get a lot out of it. It pays you for are. itself. The discount it program alone is incredible. It pays for itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. Uh, the Hop Grenade is a discount member. You can bring in your AHA card here, even while we're doing to go. And I know that Heretic is as well. So, uh, yeah, that alone is. If, a, if you right. like drinking beer and eating food and and brewing beer, uh, the AHA membership pays for itself. Yeah, and discounts. That's it. Right. I feel like I should just now flash something on the screen that says it too, because it's just so obvious. Just sign up. It's, it's an obvious uh, thing to do. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, homebrewcon.org is the place to go uh, for virtual homebrewcon. I'm excited about it. Um, I will keep our viewers and listeners up to date, Gary. Uh, you guys, as you pass on information to me, I'm excited to do my part. And I actually have a call with Nancy tomorrow about the Great American Beer Festival Awards. So I'm excited that the Brewing Network will get to be a part of, of keeping that alive, too. Um, and so the Brewing Network can be one of your sources for all that information uh, or just go sign up to be an AHA member. Uh, Gary, thanks, man. Keep brewing a bunch hey, of beer. Thank you. I, and I will. Brew stuff that ages for a little while so that I can drink it next when I'm allowed to come to, back to well, Colorado. I, I actually, I, I brewed a Baltic Porter out of brewing classic, classic style. <laughs> it's, it's delicious, but it needs to age a little bit. So. Perfect. Yeah, I need to find reasons to come back to Colorado. You know, we closed our hop grenade there in December. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I had this thought the other day. I was like, shit. I wish COVID had come just a little bit earlier. It would have been a lot cheaper to break my lease. <laughs> right now, I'm a terrible person, a terrible human being, but that thought did cross my mind. Uh, so give me, uh, yeah, that's a good reason to come back. You want me to scope out some space in Longmont? Preferably within walking distance of my house. <laughs> Stumbling distance, as we like to call yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Keep an eye out for me. Absolutely, Gary. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I, I, I've got just the place for you. I'll send, I'll send you the address. Send me an address. As soon as I'm done going broke, I'll be back on Gary's my feet again. Garage. Yeah. On Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Hop grenade edition. Gary's garage. Uh, all right, Gary. Say we hello. <laughs> say hello to Aaron legally, for us. We could make it work. <laughs> Yeah, you you have you have sway with the legislators there. I'm sure of it. <laughs> okay, I've got to get us on to our next segment. Um, uh, we're going to take a little break here on on the on the video feed, which means the video feed will stop for those of you watching. But in just a few minutes, we're going to come back and we're going to talk to two uh, BJCP regional candidates. Uh, to be a regional rep for the BJCP. Um, we're going to be talking to Brian and Oleg, and Jamil's going to help us learn all about uh, what the BJCP does and, and what a regional rep does. So stay tuned, and we'll be back. Gary Glass, thank you so much for your time today, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you virtually in June. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. and Great talking with you. All right, guys. We'll Good be back you, in just a few minutes, everybody. All right. Boys and girls, we are back live. Uh, myself from the studio, Jamil from Heretic Brewing Company. And uh, Brian, looks <laughs> like you're at your house in uh, what, Livermore? Scenic Livermore, California. Yes. Somewhere yeah. where the crows go to rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is my, my shed, a.k.a. the barn. The barn. I like it. You've got a nice yard there. 
Uh, and then we've got uh, Oleg Spierko from, uh, he's from San Diego uh, right now, right? That's where you're broadcasting. Yep, that's right. I'm in San Diego right now. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Uh, Brian had reached out to me. Of course, Brian uh, very generously does the Dr. Homebrew podcast here on the Brewing Network and is a, a highly decorated BJCP judge. What level are you now? Grandmaster Theft? I, f- I forget what. Grand Grand Theft Master. Yes, That's... I I I haven't graded enough points or gotten enough uh, uh, graded enough exams or gotten enough points to to be Grandmaster Two. And I, I it may be a little while yet before that ever happens. But I, it's like my wife uh, said, "Yeah, do you get a, a fez with that, or you know, a little car?" Right. Yeah. You should. No, that's the Shriners. Like, oh, I joined the wrong organization. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> uh, how long have you been a BJCP judge, Brian? Uh, since 2008. Okay. So, yeah, I started brewing in, in 02 and uh, got an interest in judging. And my buddy Dave Techum uh, helped, you know, he's like, oh, you're interested in beer judging? You can do it. And he helped us organize a group. And we ran, you know, a dozen people through the program. And, and, and I was hooked. So... <laughs> Excellent. Just worked my way up through the ranks and and kept kept it going. So got it. And Oleg, you are obviously a BJCP judge as well. What level are you? Just I'm curious. Uh, so I'm a master level judge. Uh, I just I got cider and I just got my meat endorsement, so I'm drinking meat to celebrate uh, that. So. Nice. Uh, Excellent. So we're you speak- got more endorsements than me. <laughs> So you guys have both been nominated, and and that's what happens. You, you get endorsements to become a nominee for um, what is is called a a regional BJCP representative, right? Is that what yeah, the they position? Have to get something like five endorsements from people, yeah, other judges to uh, uh, say that they're you know somebody that should be on the on the ballot on the ticket. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can nominate yourself or someone else can nominate you for the position. Then you have to accept and, and seek out those endorsements. So Okay. And so you guys are going for the uh, West region rep. And is it just the, is it the two of you uh, head-to-head, toe-to-toe? Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> just just the two of us. Some of the other regions have three or, or so. It's, yeah, it's, it's really active this year. All, there look like good races. I've been reading some of the candidate statements. And uh, you can go on there. If you're a judge, you can go on there and vote now. I mean, wait until you finish listening to the show anyway. But if yeah, you're not in our region, go read those candidate statements. And people talk about what they want to do for the program and and uh, see who you agree with the most. Yeah. It's a member-driven organization. And one of the things, you know, it, it means a lot that, you know, people are willing to step up and, you know, take these roles and help, you know, drive the organization without people dedicating their time and energy to all the, the, the work that goes into making an organization this large go for, you know, for free. They're not getting paid to do this. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that people are willing to do this and, and help out. So, and, and if you, if you're a home brewer, you should join BGCP and become a judge. If, even if you're not home brewer, but you like, Beer, you know something about beer, you should join the GCP and become a judge. Or me eat a cider. Or eat a cider, exactly. Well, for me, one of one of the things that the BJCP did for me is, you know, by, you know, just when I first started out, 
um, you know, somebody asked me about judging and then, you know, showed me the style guides and that was, became my Bible for learning to brew. I was like, okay, I need to understand every one of these styles. I need to taste every one of these beers. I need to be able to brew one of these beers. And, <laughs> and so that became my guide. And it really did help me immensely. And then all the other people in the program, once, once you, uh, you know, kind of get involved, people are willing to help you, you know, help train you and, uh, you know, educate you. And that was priceless to me. And the, the amount yeah. you get to learn by, by becoming a judge, you learn about beer, you learn about your palate, you learn about the things that... So I've, I've never become a BJCP judge, as our listeners well know, um, because I'm likely the laziest person in, in home brewing. Um, but I can relate a little bit because one of the, the most I've ever learned about tasting beer and, and my own palate and being able to describe beer was when I first met Jamil and we would spend time tasting beer and I would express to him what I was tasting. And then he would help me say, okay, good. (laughs) It was very simple, Um, but he would help me understand like, yeah, okay. I taste that too. Here's what it actually is. And I would get to learn what those flavors were, were called. If they were off flavors, if they were good rather than just, you know, using rudimentary language, like, like beer good. Um, and becoming a BJCP judge is, is, is tenfold. That is really a, a formal training in, in just that. Right. So. Yeah. Some of the real fun is going through the Zebel kit and you taste like Bud Light and Bud Light dosed with diacetyl mm. or, you know, acetaldehyde, all these different things. And I've done that so many times now and even still sometimes you get it and it's hard to pick it out they're a little above threshold and you you kind of find out where your weaknesses and strengths are what you detect super easily and other people are like what there's butter in there yeah and and what you can you know uh, just miss because you, you have a blind spot kind of sure and then of course becoming a judge helps the hobby because there's a lot of of, of homebrewing competitions out there that homebrewers love and they're always short on judges um so don't oh, use my right, excuse say yeah, I'd say if you're complaining about, you know, the quality of the judging sheets you get back, well, have you signed up to be a judge? Are mm-hmm. you judging? Are you helping with competitions? Are you at least stewarding? If you're not doing that stuff, then, you know, stop complaining about the quality of sheets. You know, uh, you could contribute too and make it better. And, and you could help you become a better home brewer ultimately, right? And even though yes. I still have problems with judging my own beer that I brewed because there is so much emotional energy invested. It's, it's uh, you know, you can go one way or the other, right? So, but, but I still think that you can learn a lot and become, make your homebrew a lot better as well as a result of going through the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the hardest thing. And, and, you know, and then also, you know, getting the, you know, the, the beer judges are some of the most popular people at our, our homebrew club meetings because the members be like, here, here, I got a beer for you. Taste this. And all right, I'm getting something in here that I've never, tasted my beer before what is that and you can help them make their beer better and just taste it live with them and give them honest feedback it's it's really fun collaborative you too could be asked what do you think of every beer you're getting (laughs) (laughs) score on this beer yeah and then make make horrible enemies and you tell them the truth or uh depends on how many beers you've had at that point yourself but yeah Now, it doesn't diminish the fun of the hobby either. You you still no. get you know enjoy it. It makes it more fun because you 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 know you're learning a lot more in depth when you you brew and you don't really know what the results are, and you know how to really know whether you made a great beer or not. It you know it, it's kind of like just you know 
you're painting, but you know, you, you, you don't ever look at the paintings or something. I don't know. But being able to you know, kind of discern, like Oleg's saying, some of those, you know, flavor notes and, you know, have some idea of what you're doing. Um, you know, maybe you still lie to yourself, but you know, it really does help and it helps adjust your brewing. It makes it a lot more fun because, you know, it's like uh, race car driving and you're, you know, you're getting that feedback. You're getting better at it you know, because you know how it works. Becoming a master of your craft. Those of you homebrewers who want to turn pro too, you really should become a master of your craft before you do that. It's one way to do this. Now, Jamil, you once were the West regional rep for the BJCP. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I ask all three of you, uh, uh, Brian and Oleg, I'm going to assume you know what the job requires. I know Jamil does, at least back when he did it in the 40s or whenever that was. Um, <laughs> what what does a BJCP regional rep do? What's your role? Jamil? Uh, the rep? Go ahead, Brian. We'll go start ahead, with Jamil. you. <laughs> okay. There, well, I've got, I printed it out. There we go. Website, Perfect. So I could be accurate. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, the, the regional representatives slash board members are first first of all responsible for supporting the membership in their region, providing access to BJCP services and acting on requests from their region for services or information. I mean, people want to find out what it's about or like, how can I get involved with judging? Can you hook me up with someone who's doing a class? I, somebody beat me over the head at a homebrew competition and I need a, you know, a remedy for that. So you know, random weird stuff like, uh, <laughs> our, our current rep Travis has done a, a great job and, and I've seen some of the situations he's had to deal with. And, and now since they've added in the last term, they've added assistant reps, which, which Oleg and I both are mm. uh, for our, our respective regions. Uh, we're able to support him. And he's like, Oh my God, these guys are, cr- you know, doing some crazy thing going on in Northern California. Brian, do you know these people? Or like, Oh yeah, I can help you out. I know that guy. I don't know the other guy, but sure, kind of help sort things out and put a personal touch to it. So I think bringing on the regional reps, we have one in Hawaii, um, three in in California, and then our our, our main rep uh, Travis, who is not going to be the rep anymore. He's going to sip a lot of mai tais after June first. Okay, you started doing that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. Is that Hawaii. retirement? Is that what's happening? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Retirement from this. We'll, we'll figure it's, out a way to help us in the future too. I'm sure he's, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, three-year term. So yeah, and he did and two not, terms. Yeah. Hmm. Jumil, did you do it for three years? Uh, yeah. I can't remember. I think I did two terms. Um, uh, that, and then I did the HA governing committee for like ten years or whatever it was. Nine, yeah, ten years. That was a long one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I sort of remember doing it. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it wasn't that different from what I was already doing. If somebody was interested in the BJCP, I would talk to them and help them try and become you know, part of the BJCP, which I think is incumbent on all members, you know. If you're if you're passionate about it, you know, get get your homebrewing friends involved in it too. I mean, we should all be doing that, right? And then, you know, a lot of it was when people and, and you know the program's grown a lot bigger, and so I'm sure there's a lot more of this now where people need help with you know one issue or another. But um, I, I think you know when I was part of it, one of the things that I held you know most important and dear to me was helping you know drive the direction direction of the BJCP, representing the people that I represented, you know, making sure that their, their wishes
churches, not not the people that just voted for me, but everybody in the region was being their voice was being heard, uh, you know, to the you know the hierarchy of the BJCP, and we were helping you know shape uh, what the BJCP would become, and you know uh, you know improve the benefits for the membership, improve the benefits for you know the beer community at large. So that was I felt the most important thing was being that conduit between all the people in my region and, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the actions that the BJCP took. Okay. Got it. So Brian and Oleg, I guess, uh, am I right in the assumption that, that since you're running and, and, and people elect you, you, you have to maybe have some sort of platform to, to run on other than just, I'm, I'm a judge. And I don't know if that means you have things that you'd like to, to see changed or ways you'd like to help the BJCP progress, but I wanted to give you each an opportunity to talk about why you'd like to be our, our uh, the BJCP West Coast rep. And by the way, it occurs to me that we haven't even said what BJCP stands for during this entire broadcast. There might be some viewers out there wondering what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, the Beer Judge Certification Program. Um, forgive me, I'm not treating you like you're dumb. I just thought as a broadcaster, I should have done that 20 minutes ago. Um, so, um, Oleg, why don't we start with you? Uh, why would you like to be the Beer Judge Certification Program West rep? Uh, so, you know, my pro, uh, my uh, platform probably is not actually that different from Brian. So we're sort of not really running against each other. We're sort of running together, I think, on, uh, you know, on, on somewhat similar issues. Uh, I think my platform could be summarized as two main pillars. One is community and the other one is education. So by community, I mean, uh, you know, having a vital homebrew uh, environment where brewers can talk to each other, learn uh, from each other, share uh, their passion together. And I think that's something that we have in San Diego. I know in Bay Area, that's that's pretty strong too. But I think that in many other areas, we can duplicate some of these experiences and created across the region and probably even across uh, U.S. and the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but building on top of that, I, I strongly believe that education, educating new judges and encouraging uh, homebrewers to sort of step up and learn more about how to evaluate beer, what are the styles, what are the style guidelines, how to do this properly, and uh, you know, and not being a dick about it, I think is a very important uh, component. And I know that Brian is teaching BGCP 101 class, and I teach something very similar BGCP 101 class here in San Diego. And I think that a lot of these uh, can be can be duplicated uh, again in, in many different ways. And uh, I think that's sort of my my passion is really building on those two criteria. And I'm, I'm a faculty at UCSD, so education is sort of my lifelong passion. So I, I would like to sort of apply many of the things that, I, that I've learned in my career to uh, educating the next generation of judges. Yeah, I like it. And I love your, honestly, I like you pointing out, just, just don't be a dick about it. We, we, we have one rule here at the Brewing Network and every other rule, you just see this rule, which is don't be a dick. Um, the beer doesn't, it's not snobby, uh, just because you know more than me or less. Uh, and so I, I, it's a, it's an important stance to me actually to, to teach and, and to help people become judges and not in a, from a place that I'm up here and, and you're here. I, I like that take, Exactly. you know? Um, Google in general, right? Not just for the beer. <laughs> just, just don't get No, and that's in life. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good rule to follow. Um, Brian, what about you? I mean, you know, uh, like I said, from when I started, when I became a judge in 08, I, I, I really enjoyed getting involved with the, the uh, organization and the people in it. 
And it's one of the most welcoming uh, communities that I've ever come across besides, you know, home brewers in general. Um, you know, I, I wanted to learn how to improve my brewing and learn how to, you know, learn more about world beer styles. And I was welcomed and, you know, I want other people to feel the same welcome, you know, in this organization, uh, if they want to become a judge and, uh, you know, help them to find uh, resources to, to meet their goals. And, uh, you know, I've organized a lot of uh, study groups over the years uh, since that first one that Dave Techham helped us lead. And I kind of helped lead by teaching, you know, teaching some of it and, and organizing teachers. And we just bring a lot of the same people back. I mean, the guy that's been teaching our water class comes back over and over and he's a little dry, but he really knows water. And yeah. it's, it's really a good in-depth knowledge and just, you know, uh, having watched people that have, you know, come to us and in, in our, our homebrew club, the Mad Zymergist, we're just a little homebrew club up here in the, the East Bay area. Uh, when I see enough interest boil up, we do one of those courses and we do a bunch of other things too. And, and Dr. Homebrew is kind of fun too, but uh, you know, um, I really, uh, we have the, the, the honor of welcoming another uh, state into our, our region as well. Uh, formerly it was just California and Hawaii and now uh, Nevada's coming in. So nice. I'm really excited about that. And uh, when we used to organize the, the, uh, NHC regionals when they were held up up in Lodi, um, a lot of people would come over from you know Reno, Tahoe, and from you know Sparks or where you know uh, different parts of Nevada. They'd come across and help us judge. And I met a lot of those people, and um, I've been I revived conversations with them recently again because we're going to need to bring up some assistant reps over there right now. There aren't any there, so um, you know they're in the Mountain Northwest region until the end of this month, and we're looking forward to welcoming them. Um, you know, I just want to listen to the members with an open mind and, and, and have a kind of a can-do attitude about uh, what we can do. And, and as the best ideas kind of bubble up, we'll discuss them with our um, our group of assistant reps and, uh, you know, bring the best ones up to the board that we can see is actionable and something that, that could really benefit the organization. Um, you know, the organization does is a little conservative and it kind of limits itself in what it does. Like we certify judges and we, and we you know, um, uh, you know, if you if you're running a competition, you can get it. Uh, what's the word? Uh, sort of not certified, but you registered. know, yeah. registered. Yeah, uh, sanctioned. That's the word. Oh, sanctioned. Anyway, yes. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and they they kind of just do that, and they develop standards and the guidelines, which then they in the you know the preamble to it tell you don't use this as the Bible. We don't you know know everything about beer, but we just do our best to categorize it and make sense of it and organize it in a way that makes sense to us mm-hmm. and. I think it would be fun to be involved with that too, as the, the guidelines morph, you know, uh, from the 2015 into whatever's next, uh, it'd, it'd be fun to be involved with that and help it, you know, guide it in a way that would make sense to me. That would be something I'd be interested in getting onto if there was a, an opportunity for that. So, um, you know, it is an all volunteer organization and the more you get into it and take on the more and more responsibility you can have. So I have to be a little careful too, because I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I keep busy and I, you know, I know Oleg does it as well, but, uh, you know, I, Hey, you know, Travis has been running it well for, for six years and as his assistant rep for the last uh, three years for Northern California, I, you know, when I was nominated, I felt, felt honored to step up and, and run for this. So happy to be well, doing it. And I, and I tell you, you know, uh, unlike our, our, 
political system where we have a wealth of of good candidates in the BJCP. Any any region you you look at, you know, they're they're great, solid people, smart, intelligent, hardworking people that are passionate about you know furthering the organization and the hobby and you know knowledge about beer, and so. You know, the worst thing you can do is not vote, not get involved because you, you really can't make a bad choice, especially here. Oleg and, and Brian, you know, they're, they're two great guys that are, are very smart and very passionate about this. So, um, you know, you know, choose, choose what you want, but, uh, you know, make sure you get out there and vote and participate. Yeah. And it sounds like a big job. You guys are taking on a lot of responsibility. Um, I do want to say, Oleg, and I and I hate myself for this joke before I'm even saying it, but I do. You're at a slight disadvantage. Americans and 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 elections, they don't like Russian sounding names very much. And I'm worried about you. I wonder if we should change your name to like Greg Shapiro or something Smith, uh, something close. I'm, I'm actually I'm Ukrainian. But I figured yes, you weren't I'm even not. Russian, we're, but we're stupid. I'm we don't know. Russian. That's the joke. That, that was yeah. that was offensive. We, I know. Of course you, it was offensive. Oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, I, was, I, have, I have a lot of Russian bots working on, uh, you know, rigging the, <laughs> rigging the election already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oleg and Brian, highly qualified, both of you, obviously. But where do people go to vote? How do we do that? So, yeah, you have to go to dev.bjcp.org. Then you have to click on, uh, you know, uh, member services and elections and then go to voting or something like that. But, um, Yeah. Whichever one of you promises to make next year's link a simple link, that's who I'm voting for. Okay. <laughs> I think the website yeah, is like, a well-known issue, and I hope we will migrate to, migrate to a better website uh, in the near future. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a goal for sure <laughs> for well, all of us. Well, a complex organization that's all volunteers, uh, like Jamel said earlier, you know, uh, people like me don't get to complain about that if we're not helping out. So. Um, but I, I can tell that you guys are ambitious. Uh, just say the one more time, Brian, where can people go to vote? And, and I assume you have to be a BJCP member already. Yeah, you okay. have to be a member to, to vote and you have to be a member in the West region. So, OK, um, yeah, it's it's dev.bjcp.org. And that's their new website. They've been migrating from the old uh, BJCP.org website. You won't find it on that one, but you'll find old election stuff, uh, history and stuff. And it's kind of fun to read through some of that if you're, you know, geek out on beer judging. But uh, the new site, yeah, is the dev site. Okay. And is there a deadline? Has voting started? And when does it stop? Yeah, it goes through the the 29th. Okay. Yeah, it started a couple of days ago. Just a couple of days ago. All right. So you got to the 29th to go out and vote for your West rep and I, I highly recommend you do so although uh, it doesn't sound like you're gonna you bjcp members are gonna get a bad rep either way but uh go vote uh, based on what you've heard today or what you know about these guys and um yeah i i i uh, i wish you both luck and and i thank you for for what you do for beer and for beer judging i appreciate that well, thanks to you and Jamil for hosting us and uh, enjoyed the little segment with uh, with Gary Glass from the AHA. It was good to see him again. I know he's going through some challenges in this time. And yeah. boy, you know, all these organizations are going to have to struggle and we're going to have some some work cut out for us. Uh, you know, we can't really hold competitions right now, you know, unless you do them really distanced, I suppose. And, and you know, there's, you know, exams, there's, you know, a lot of questions right now, but yeah. we're going to sort them out and, you know. And again, to all, to all home brewers who are sitting at home right now, join BGCP. This is your time to study, take the online test, uh, you know, register for tasting exam, 
learn about the guidelines, this is the best time to do it. Yeah. What do you got to lose? You know, give it, give it a shot. The, and the, the, you know, uh, the, the, the basic thing, you know, now is online and it's, you know, essentially multiple choice online. It, it makes it really easy to get started. And if you want to advance, sure, you have to take the, the dreaded long three hour exam thing that gives you hand cramps and, and all that nervous stomach. But, uh, you know, just to get started is real simple. And, uh, you know, you can become part of the program pretty quick and easy. I think we could even teach Justin how to do it. Oh, no. (laughs) Jamel used to say that. Then he got to know me. He's like, no, Justin was right. It's impossible. (laughs) Well, BGCP does have some standards, though, right? Exactly. We got some standards. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I thank you both. Uh, I am gonna, I've got a few questions for Jamil. The two of you, Brian and Oleg are more than welcome to stay on if you like, or you, or you can, you can hang up. It's entirely up to you. Um, but I have enjoyed uh, speaking with both of you and I, and I do wish you luck. Thank you. I'm going to listen on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Thanks yeah. a lot for hosting us. Thanks Oleg. Take care. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, I don't have anywhere else important to be. Hang out with us, Brian, if you want. It's up to you. I might hang out. Yeah. So, well, I had, I did have a question come in from the chat, but I also, I thought of something today, Jamil, uh, about you. <laughs> and, uh, and it drives me crazy, Jay-Z, because you're, you're just always fucking right. And it's annoying sometimes. Uh, so, I saw you back in... I want to say January, February. When was the first, the very first com- case in Sonoma? What month was that of, of COVID? February, I think. Yeah. Okay. So I came to the brewery to grab some beer and you were wearing a mask because you were feeling ill. And just like the day before or some two days before they had mentioned this, our first case, right? Like our first mm-hmm. and you and none of us gave a shit at that time none of us thought anything was going to happen and you said to me you said you watch this thing is going to rip through here and i was like jamil what do you one person has it in uh, she's already in the hospital and you were already wearing a mask jamil not to protect us from you because you had a sore throat or something and you called it back then when one case and you said you watch Justin, it's going to rip through here right again. Damn it. There you go. How do you know these things, man? Well, I'd like to say uh, you sold no, your soul, didn't you? I, I read I read a lot of uh, international news. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that's that's where you, you find out all these things are tearing up somewhere else. And you're like, well, that's going to happen here, too. <laughs> There's no way of stopping these things now that we have, uh, you know, air travel. Yeah, people come. You know, it's it's just the way it is. It's you know we're we're more connected than people want to think. You know this this is one world. You know you may live in a country, but you need to accept the fact that we're all intertwined. And uh, you know it's it's like the environment. You know the environment goes south. It goes south for all of us. Yeah, not just one country, not one state, not one city. It goes south for the entire planet. And uh, same thing for, you know, these viruses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you, you, you were right. And as usual, and believe it or not, I, I I listened to everything you say I have for a long time, but back then I still was like, no, 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 no. I was about to leave the country for New Zealand uh, to go to hop harvest. 
My beer festival was still planned for March. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. My beer festival is happening. Um, <laughs> two weeks later, the city calls me. They're like, yeah, your beer fest is not happening. <laughs> Nothing is happening. And it was ripping through here, you know. Um, and then and, and just because I'm, I'm showering you with praise, I, I've used this, uh, uh, this uh, a piece of advice well, I use this piece of advice all the time, and I've started handing it out to others now, too, now that I'm almost an elder or I am an elder or something. And you said to me one time, we were sitting in my studio. I think I've said this on the air before. I was complaining about something at the Brewing Network, and you said, you know, Justin, um, everything that's wrong with your company is your fault. <laughs> and I was pissed. Yeah. I was at, at My first reaction was like, What? I'm telling you about this person who didn't do this and didn't do that. And you said, yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Did you give them what they needed to do that? Did you plan appropriately where you're, you know, and I, and it sunk in very quickly and it's actually become a business philosophy of mine. It, I use it during crisis, like now during COVID, I don't blame everything on COVID. I still listen to that quote in my head Everything that's wrong with my business is my fault. Was I prepared enough? Did I take care of my staff enough? Did I? And and I don't see it as a negative piece of advice anymore, like I did for that split second when you said it to me. To me, it's a very positive and empowering piece of advice to do better all the time. I just you, wanted to give you, you that. Should, you should do a seminar that... <laughs> Maybe I could get my wife to watch. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's the, uh, yeah, the, the Boy Scouts motto, do your best, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I, I never really have believed in passing the buck anyway, but you just in one sentence really cut to the chase and I use it all the time, especially during times of crisis. So yeah, you're a smart guy, Jay-Z, always. Yeah, when when I'm giving advice to other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time, you're kind of a dick. Fault, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have a question come through for you, Jamil, from Julian Schrago, actually. Uh, <laughs> Julian. He, he must be watching. Um, this might be a tough question, uh, but he, he wants to know, uh, in your opinion, which American brewery has brewed the most influential beer? Oh, it's kind of a tough God. one, isn't it? Well, <laughs> hmm. you know, if you had asked me, you know, a few years ago before the whole haze thing, I would have said maybe somebody like Russian River where Vinny, um, you know, really started the whole West Coast IPA thing mm -hmm. and taught all of us to brew West Coast IPAs proper west coast ipas um if you were asking me maybe you know 10 years before that maybe it would be somebody like you know sierra nevada um but today with uh you know hazy being something huge and really you know taking over the market uh maybe it's somebody like you know jc at trillium mm. or uh you know uh you know a treehouse or one of those breweries um boy the most influential i know three <laughs> today i think they might be playing stump the brewer with you jamil i mean tough you question. Know, beachwood beachwood should be in there in the conversation for sure i agree with um, you 
There you go. Uh, you know, heretic, uh, you know, maybe, uh, no, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really tough question. It is. Yeah. I really, but, but I, you know, I'd be curious what Julian thought. Yeah. You know, what, what his, what his answer to the question would be, because I'm sure he did not ask the question without already having an answer for it. True. And he also came up like you as a, as a home brewer, as a very skilled home brewer uh, before turning pro and, and took that right into his profession. Uh, so he certainly had influences is why I bring that up, you know? Well, and it, it, you know, and the answer may have been, you know, at some point it may have been something like stone or stone sure. was doing a lot of good, great stuff before uh, others. Julian and I did a, a collab at stone uh, some years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be curious what, what Julian thinks. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. The only breweries I really hear about are the ones that really have you know made a serious name for themselves, and you know, so I, I'll stick with my my answer for the various you know decades. Yep, I like it. That works. Uh, by the way, Julian, if you're still uh, watching, uh, I'm selling a lot of your beechwood here at the Hop Grenade. People love it. Uh, we almost always have Citraholic and Amalgamator here. And uh, if people come in and ask me for a good West Coast IPA, obvious choice right there. Beachwood every time. Um, yeah. Doesn't sell Heretic, but Beachwood, sure, sure. Yeah. We got to talk about that. That is, I can't, now I can't say it's not my fault because everything in my business is my fault. But I've been trying to get your beer, Jay-Z. Uh, we'll talk about this. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Well, this. we have a new distributor. Oh, well, that might help. Okay. Okay. Then I can then I can say that I've been having trouble with your distributor getting beer. Yes, uh, we can don't... you get his hand sanitizer though? <laughs> Are you guys still making hand sanitizer for uh, the the, the uh, medical professionals around you? Uh, we are yeah. for the frontline workers, so, I should say. Yeah, um, we've been struggling to get the raw ingredients, but mm. uh, we should be getting a massive amount tomorrow and be able to continue cranking out five gallon buckets. We're trying to do more, you know, um, frontline and emergency responder and, you know, uh, that sort of thing, because one, we don't want to make any money at it, which sounds stupid, Mm. but, um, you know, because I, I don't think we should be profiteering off the pandemic. It's fine for us to make money off of our beer, but something that we're just doing for this situation, I don't want to make money off of. I really don't. I'd, I'd feel bad. So, um, we're, we're trying to do it in, you know, buckets to go out to hospitals and, you know, fire stations, police stations, things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's going out to some, uh, other local businesses that are opening up. Um, my friend Jason at true symmetry, he's, you know, concerned because they're going to open up and then they need hand sanitizer. So I'm going to get him a five gallon bucket. So nice. Um, it, and and I, I won't say we, we're not taking anything from this. What we are taking away from it is a really great feeling that we're doing something to help. Anytime, and I know you feel this, when things go wrong and when people are suffering, you want to jump in and help. Mm-hmm. I think that all of us have that. The vast majority of us as, as human beings feel like when you see something going wrong for somebody, you're just like, well, what can I do to help? How How can I... You know, sometimes it's too scary and you need to run away when the building's falling down. But 
you know, the, the, the majority of us want to do something to chip in. Mm-hmm. And this is our way of contributing to, you know, uh, you know, a solution to the problem. Yeah. And so that in and of itself has made us feel really good about, you know, our position in the community and what we've done. We, you know, we can look back on this and say, yeah, we actually did something to help. We didn't just worry about making money and, you know, selling beer and no, we actually did something. We changed our business. We stopped doing what we could do to you know, uh, distilling to earn money and changed it over to distilling to make sanitizer, which we were making no money off of. Mm -hmm. But it's just good karma. You're going to get the opposite kind of karma of those guys that bought truckloads of hand sanity and hoarded it and sold it for outrageous prices. You get the opposite kind of karma for that, buddy. That's right. That would be nice, but you know, it's not (laughs) important. You know, like I said, we're, we're getting the, the good feeling of, yeah, we actually, we we helped or we tried to help and we think we helped um you know we got a great thing from the u.s postal service and the guy was like you guys are heroes you're not heretics you're heroes wow and i'm like one i hate it when people use the word hero when people don't do heroic things <laughs> so we're not heroes but it was just really nice that you know people are you know there's like they're so desperate yeah, for something to protect themselves when they are required to go out and do these jobs, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a lifeline to people, the, the U.S. Postal Service. Well, know. and whatever the verbiage, you know, you, you agree or disagree with his sentiment was what you're doing is yes. important is very what yeah. you're doing is very important. It's important. And, and that's helps. yeah. And that's awesome. You know, yeah. it's very, very kind. And, and, and you know, um, and that's that's all we wanted to do. And and we don't need anything for it. It's just, we, my point was we got the feeling of, Hey, we're actually, we could do something to help, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was great. A great thing in a time when people were unsure and a little scared uh, to be able to, uh, you know, have that good feeling. Yeah. Very cool. And, 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 and well said, uh, Julian did, he is still viewing and did answer back uh, yes. about what he thinks the most influential uh, beer is. Uh, he says he wrestles between New Albion and Sierra Nevada. But he does, he said, I love you guys and, uh, and, and, and thanks. But uh, yeah, so he's going all the way back to like right. kind of the birth of craft beer sure. in America, New Albion. And then, of course, Albion, Sierra Nevada, maybe uh, even uh, uh, Anchor. Anchor. Anchor's in there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anchor's in there with New Albion in, in, in terms of the early days, right? So, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I thought he was asking the most influential today. Now, yeah. Well, he didn't, I, he didn't specify, or I read it wrong. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Neither of you are wrong, in my opinion. So. <laughs> This okay, would be a yeah, long conversation yeah, if we talk about uh, throughout history. Who was the most yeah. in the 80s and the 90s? <laughs> and that, right. and that. Well, in most of the decades, it's it's actually Sierra Nevada, to be honest. So most of the decades are fairly sure. easy. It's Ken, Ken, sure. Ken, sure. Ken, Ken, Ken. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then we get to Jamil's list, you know. Right. So. <laughs> so, you know, influential, you know, changing the way people brewed <laughs> that were already brewing. Um, yeah, Russian River's got to be a big part of that, especially yeah. here on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, throughout the world. Agreed. Agreed. Well, gentlemen, uh, that's about the time that we have for today. Uh, and I want to, Jay Z, thanks for being my co host today. I appreciate that. 
Sure. It's fun it's to have you to on. See you and spend time with you, brother. Yeah, man. It's fun to Thank have you. you back on with me. And uh, I don't like doing these things alone. So I was really happy that you agreed to come on and do this with me. And um, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. And it was our, our homebrew club that he, he visited uh, last week. So the Mads Nimer just had a special guest. They, they, they loved it. They, you know, they asked him a lot of good questions and they just, uh, so next month, I'm just like the, the world is our oyster, you know, what do you guys want to do? So I'm, I'm coordinating with the officers like, well, we're going to bring in Denny Khan next meeting. Nice. He's got nothing better to do that Thursday night. So he's going to come on and chat with us. And, you know, he's getting ready for homebrew con and his presentation. He's like, Oh, Oh yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, we're looking forward to, there's been some positive in this time. There's a lot of negative, but you know, people that are doing things, doing what they can to help others. And if your neighbor needs a roll of toilet paper, toss it over the fence. That's and, right. You know, <laughs> just do what you can to help. And, and Jamil's doing that. Justin, you're keeping pe- people's spirits up by keeping this thing going and, and uh, keeping good beer flowing out of the, the hop grenade there. And, and uh, you know, keep, Trying up, to. keep it up. Keep your chin up. I, I will do. Thank you so much. Uh, and while we're at it, I do want to give a shout out to the Arizona Society of Homebrewers because I got to do uh, a meeting with them on Tuesday and I had a lot of fun and I wanted to thank you all again for having me. Um, so I appreciate that. Thanks to all you viewers and listeners out there for tuning in. As I keep saying, I'll try to keep these coming to you, um, so that we can keep, I don't know, uh, finding community during this. And, um, and, you know, I say the word commiserate sometimes, but it's more just to get together and like feel that we're not alone in this. I I think that every time I'm on one of these interviews, I realize how alike we are in dealing with these things and thinking about these things. And that that's why I wanted to do the, these series of shows. So thanks for viewing um, and sticking with us. You'll find this in our podcast feed as well. I've been putting them there. I just put our Russian river talk up on the podcast feed uh, and I've got a rare barrel one in the pipeline. And then tonight's will happen too. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you again, Jamil and Brian. And uh, we'll see you all next time here on the brewing network. Cheers. Cheers.